Hello, Coffee and Convo listeners. I hope you're all doing well out there. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'm your host, Liz Bullard. For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, welcome. This is the podcast where I talk with my friends, family, leaders in the community, and just people who are just good conversationalists. And we talk about different things um, that might be going on in the world around us or here more locally in Waterbury, um, but always kind of tying it back to the local level, bringing it back home, really. And so this episode was a healing episode for myself, I'll call it, as I really needed to process everything that has been going on with the George Floyd situation. And so I sit with my friend, um, Raven Williams, who we're also co-workers and working in the mental health field. And so we talk about the situation and the things that we're seeing, as well as things that we're doing to stay well. Um, But I think the main takeaway is the fact that we can no longer be silent. We can no longer be silent as a community. We can no longer be quiet as allies or as a human race in this issue of equality and injustice. And so as you listen in, I encourage you to think about what can you do to promote equality? How can your voice be heard? How can your actions be heard so that years from now we're not having the same conversation of inequality and pain? So thank you again for listening. Be well and take care of yourself out there as we continue to fight um, coronavirus and inequality. And again, Thank you for listening and take care. How have you been? Well, with everything going on, I don't know how to answer that question. I know, that's a loaded question. Yeah, I've been okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. How about yourself? About the same. There's good days or good moments and bad moments. And we'll kind of get into that as we jump into this episode. So welcome to Coffee and Combos. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yay. So I well, I wanted to have you. So for those of you listening, I'm joined by Rafa Williams. Um, she is a friend of mine. We work together. We're both involved in the mental health field with taking care of people. And I wanted to really have you on this episode to talk about um, the things that we're seeing around George Floyd, police brutality, injustice, and racism, because it's important to take care of yourself, even in this moment while we're trying to take care of everyone else. Um, and we're, we're just talking about justice and and advocating for someone who's no longer here. But I think it's also important to kind of step away sometimes and take care of yourself. So I wanted to talk about everything with kind of that mental health lens. So thank you for joining me. Absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. So it's customary. I asked everyone that joins uh, for Coffee and Combos, are you a tea person or are you a coffee person? Hmm. I I can't I I like them both equally in their own way. Really? Yes. When I drink my coffee, I love like strong coffee with no cream, no sugar. Like I just like the taste of coffee. But mm-hmm. I also enjoy a good cup of chai or green tea. Mm-hmm. So I, I like them equally. 
you know, I think that really makes sense, though, for your personality. Uh, when you talk about the strong coffee, like you're very strong, very bold, but you also have these moments of zen, like the green tea, um, and just being very unique like a chai. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm the tea whisperer. Ah, I like that. <laughs> so, like we kind of talked about when we first started, and I, you know, I asked, I said, how are you doing? And you said that's a complicated answer. And I think that everyone is kind of feeling like that now. Mm. What do you think? I, I, I would definitely agree with that, especially seeing what other people are posting on my social media. I can definitely say that people are feeling indifferent about everything that's going on right now. It is. because it, I think there's just so much information in the process i think people you know inherently know what what happened with george floyd is, is wrong like it's wrong to inflict that level of pain and suffering to a person but i think it also opens so many doors and so many wounds and it's just like how do you process all of that yeah it, but, mm-hmm. i was gonna say it's it's tough it's been tough for sure absolutely like um and for so many different reasons and so many different levels, like um, my mom, who's like an older African-American woman, and like her friends, they talk about um, just reminded of things that they went through and being younger, or even seeing police brutality and racism from their standpoint as a kid mm-hmm. to then now be re-traumatized um, and seeing this again and seeing your kids live through that, I think is... Um, a difficult space to be in absolutely it's interesting I haven't even had the opportunity to have a conversation with um my relatives um I'm actually from Maryland I think I've told you this Mm -hmm. so um it would be interesting to have a conversation I want to actually I think I'm going to ask my grandfather how he's feeling about what's going on right now because I think that he would be the best person to give me his perspective on all of this Mm. because I think we're hearing a lot from like the younger generation like they're being angry and upset and they're out there and they're protesting and they're letting their voice be heard but i think we're also forgetting the generational trauma and the racism of the older generation mm-hmm. and how it has felt to and not settle but in other words find a way to deal with racism and inequality but then be so overtly confronted with it Mm, yeah I didn't even yeah we have totally missed that mark with you know checking in because I didn't even think about that until just now to be honest (laughs) you know I think there's but I think going back to again like are you okay like there's just so many levels to that and Sometimes people are and sometimes they're not. There's so many factors. And I think this whole situation has opened up um, a conversation about racism and inequality that I don't think we even knew was even there. I could completely agree with that. Um, I remember when I first heard about um, the killing. And prior to that, there was an article about the woman who called the police on the yes. African-American birdwatcher. And for me, I've been really numb to all of the racial injustices up until then. I mean, I'm from Baltimore and literally last year, or I think it was it was either last year or two years ago when Freddie Gray um, was murdered, I literally, I, I was numb. And this situation, it brought up so many different emotions for me. I mean, 
I literally cried and I didn't mm-hmm. expect to feel that way because I thought that I was desensitized because this has been happening since we've been, mm-hmm. you know, since I was a little girl. I mean, every few years or so you hear about an, an injustice against an African-American individual. And so I was really surprised that I reacted to that in, in that way. I was just like, oh, my goodness, like I wasn't expecting that at all. So I can imagine how other people are feeling in the situation right now because I I'm feeling you know indifferent and angry and sad and hurt and you know all of those feelings that I just did not expect to feel right now and I think that was really interesting because again we've seen police brutality like we've seen it like we have seen it there's been a video over and over mm-hmm. again but I think coronavirus has really amplified things and just within the span of the short time we had Ahmaud Arbor which was just devastating and then we had the bird watcher and then it was just all these things compounded and it was just kind of like enough is enough and it was just so blatantly wrong you know it's this is a time where we're supposed to come together as human beings like we are fighting a virus a literal virus Mm -hmm. that is affecting everyone and on top of that you could not show human decency and compassion you still were reminded that there was evil in the world and i think that almost for me just made it like we couldn't get this right. We just couldn't be kind to each other. Like now, out of all times, we just couldn't get that right. Absolutely. And you mentioned about with the the pandemic and the COVID, mm-hmm. everyone is home. And so mm-hmm. before I had my school and I had yeah. work to distract me, you know, you might have seen the post and you might, you know, scroll through it, but we're home. We spend a lot of time looking through social media. And I think that because I have such a a wide range of um, friend base, I'm really seeing what people are thinking. Um, And for some people, you know, it's for me, seeing some people's um, reactions and um, opinions and statements have been very troublesome. Mm. So I can, (laughs) I mean, I just, I've sometimes, you know, and I have over a thousand friends on my Facebook and I, you know, some people, a lot of people, a lot of allies have spoken up, but a lot of people who I thought were, you know, about social justice have said nothing. And, you know, obviously you, you can't expect everybody to jump on the bandwagon, but like you said, this was something that we saw that was just wrong. So for what is going on and for some people to say nothing that has been very um, troublesome for me. So I could imagine what other people are going through right now, looking at all of that is going on. And that was also something I wanted to touch on because I think more than ever, the allies have been very an important topic of conversation. And I think now more than ever, people have really been looking at like who is an ally and because even though we know that this was wrong, there does seem to be this divide between are the looters right? Are the looters wrong? What's enough? What's not enough? So it is created this divide of who stands with me, who is going to stand up for what's right. And I have to say, I have been hurt and taken back by some of the silence that I have seen. And I didn't expect to be so shocked um, by the silence. But now more than ever, it's like, I need to know that you stand for equality and injustice. I want to know that you stand for what is right. 
um, because there's just so much negativity right I now. completely agree with that. And, you know, it's very interesting because if you look at history, history always finds a way to repeat itself if you do not study it, understand it, and move past it. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we've made, and not we, you know, right now, but we as a culture, is not making sure that we gather more allies. I mean, it's we don't have to prove to ourselves that racism exists and that there are biases and that, you know, there are injustices. We know that. What we need to do is have other cultures to stand by our side and one thing that I have noticed is that a lot of different racial um, or ethnic groups have been standing against this injustice which really warms my heart I think I saw the Mennonites um, advocating the Iranian people are advocating I've seen some um, some East Asian people um, advocating and I'm just like yes like bring it on because this is what we need it's not us that we need to prove we need to have everybody else and I think that honestly has been very comforting is just to see just globally the support um, that people have shown. And especially, again, going back to like, we are still going through coronavirus. We are still very isolated. But to see that people are standing together and they're saying, no, there is a definite right and a definite wrong is very important. Because I think when you look at um, leadership and, you know, some of the things that we have seen from uh, our president have been troubling. Oh, and it, it very much, you know, at least for me, makes me feel like you're not hearing the cause of the protesters. You're not hearing the pain for the suffering. You're just hearing law and order. And but we did not see any in this case. Right. And it, it's it's I'm you know, of course, the situation is very unfortunate. However, the positivity in it is that, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. And no mm-hmm. one can argue against anyone to say that what happened was not wrong. And I think that that is what brought everybody together because the world watched, the world saw, mm-hmm. and no one can justify, no one can justify this. However, they'll mm-hmm. try to flip it and say, you know, well, people are looting and rioting. That's what they, that's what mm-hmm. they're taking from that. They're trying to disregard, you know, what actually happened and trying to distract us from, you know, what the main issue is. And I'm appreciative that although our leader is focusing on the wrong aspect of it, there's a lot of people who are saying, no, you know, like we need to focus on right is right and wrong is wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's very important especially as we talk about you know just the overwhelming effect that it has on you as a person your mental health just your physical being it can be exhausting all the negativity especially again you know there's no arguing what was right and what was wrong but just being overwhelmed by the negativity it, it can be a lot it can be a lot and so what have you been doing to kind of stay positive and to kind of make yourself okay? So I have definitely been making sure that I exercise every day. I mean, literally, I exercise every day. Um, that's like my safe haven. I also have a lot of conversations. Um, and I think that that has been something that's been really vital for my mental health. Because originally, you know, I was not okay with what was going mm. on, I, I wasn't. 
So I talk to a few of my colleagues. I mean, we talk about it every day. We also have made a, um, we've also decided to speak on it at our, um, at our meeting on Friday for work because uh, that has not, that conversation has not happened. And so um, I think that those things have really kept me above water. Um, One thing that is harmful I think is reading the social media posts every day Mm. and I don't know how to distract or to distance myself from that because every time I see something either in opposition or in support it it, it, uh, sparks up an emotion either negative or positive so I'm trying to now that I'm realizing it I'm really trying to find another outlet because I, I don't know, you know, I just can't. So <laughs> uh, those, like I said, those two things have really been helpful for me. And I think that's important, like you said at the end, when you realize that something's not working for you to immediately change it, because it was very hard to escape everything. You know, again, we're limited in what we can do because of quarantine and, you know, you turn to social media and, it's just there. It's just there. And it can be overwhelming not being able to have that safe space to kind of distract mm-hmm. from it. And I think there hasn't also been a conversation about it's okay to distract from it. It's okay to step away from it to make sure that you're okay. And there's been times like I've had to like just go for a walk, just unplug and just be with my own thoughts because it's been like, I can't breathe. I've been feeling like I can't breathe. It's just too much, too much thoughts, too much noise. And it's like, I just need to separate. And so I think that hopefully people are being conscious of their own well-being and being able to separate and use their tools so that they can be okay. Because if they're not okay, they can't advocate for someone Absolutely. else. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And also in that, you know, just remembering that the whole purpose of this is for unity. And so not trying mm-hmm. to divide. I've seen a lot of people on my social media again, you know, saying they were only going to support Black businesses and, you know, buy Black. And while that is not a negative um, viewpoint, you know, but you should, you should, Obviously, you should definitely support your community, but you should not take away from other communities as well. Um, and I think that that is something that should be discussed because, you know, again, just like I, I just I just don't want to when you when you only say you're going to support one community that does not promote unity. And I think that we have to be very cautious with that because you know, that's not spreading the message of love and acceptance for all when you um, when you kind of disregard other cultures and other people, especially when we have so much, so many allies today than I feel that we've had before. I think that's a very important point because in trying to uplift one person, it could be very easy to forget everyone else and not uplift and it's not a one or another it's a like you said equality it's about everybody having a seat at the table it's about everyone having the opportunity to survive it's about every business growing and we have seen a lot of allies and we should be supporting each other and so i do think that's an interesting um conversation that hasn't been had yet is you know again we want to support black business we want to support black culture but we also don't want to forget that this is about 
equality and, and justice. And we can't have that if we isolate anybody. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that that is the message as a social worker that I am going to work hard to um, continue to promote. Because I think that, like I said, people get so lost in everything that's going on and we forget that aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, bringing it to um, a, a local level, what we saw here in Waterbury with, um, it, it was interesting because as a town, sometimes we don't um, come together and really get participate in a lot of mm-hmm. big movements. But to see, um, we did have some protests here over the weekend and there was mixed reviews, whether it was peaceful or not. But it's nice to see as a community um, taking action. I completely agree with that. And I think that that's important when we consider mental health, emotional health, just as a movement um, for certain, for not just certain towns, but like every town to do something to feel like they're having a part because I think that's going to help your community grow and heal. I completely agree with that. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to take part in the protest, however, enjoy reading the articles and seeing the live streams of <clears throat> the peaceful protesters and the young people, the youth being able to express what was going on and to have the allies right there. I think that that was definitely a prime example of the unity that we should have and that we should continue to promote. I think it is important for um Especially, again, here in Waterbury, there's been lots of conversations about inequality, police injustice, and things like that. So I I'm, I hope the protest that we had has brought some light and has opened the door for conversation. Um, and I, I think that's the most important thing. Like we, We're seeing a lot of these protests and the looting, but I hope that leaders really do look at that and bring in... Um, an attitude that let's have a conversation about this. I I completely agree. And one thing that I hope that will happen from this experience is that we do not stop. I mean, I think it's awesome that 50 states, all 50 states were in participation of protesting. However, the question that I always had is what next? Because this is not the Mm -hmm. first time that we have um, been an outcry for injustice and I think that it's very mm. important to talk about you know doing this more often um, you know actually seeing mm. social change and social movement doesn't just take one time and as you see with all of the injustices that have happened and with all the protests you have um, have uh, sparked people's um, perspectives and conversations and so we really need to take that to the next level and I think that's where we are going to be able to advance. I absolutely agree. And I think that's the important thing. Yes, we, we want justice for George Floyd, but we also want this to be the last George Floyd. And I think the only way for us to do that is to keep having these conversations about injustice, inequality, because it doesn't just stop with the police. You know, this, yes, that we see this a lot, but we see injustice and inequality across the board. And like you said, what do we do next? And I do think that there's some policy changes that could happen, but I also think that there's also just some 
conversation just around morality and human decency that also need to be Absolutely. And I think that we really need to look at these policies because to be honest, um, when I moved here from um, Baltimore to Waterbury, I realized how, um, how embedded um, the social injustice um, issue was within the city. I mean, I, <laughs> I was completely taken aback and um, shocked about how no, I, so Waterbury definitely is diverse, but I feel that the mentality and the policies are not diverse. And I think that we really need to look at that. We really need to. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, again, like you said, like Waterbury is diverse, like, it, but for us to be so diverse, that's not always seen in the businesses, the policies, the events, um, just the overall culture of the city for it to be as diverse as it is. Absolutely. I mean, I I tried, I remember my first year here, I tried to join, um, there was some chapter and I don't remember what it was, but I was trying to get involved and um, I was looking to see who the leaders were and I didn't see many people that looked like me. And so I was really shocked about that coming from a city where the population is largely African-American. Um, and I looked to see, well, what is the, uh, what is the population here? And I learned that in Waterbury, it's actually only 19% African-American. I think it was a large percentage of um, the Spanish population and then um, the other cultures, which is very surprising. However, that's not represented in the leadership. No. And I think that places have to do a better job of like, one when you talk about the need for diversity people get defensive as if you're saying right. that they are a racist and it's like my call for diversity is not saying that you're a racist it's just bringing you attention to i don't feel absolutely which is so important for our young people and for mm-hmm. you know not just young people for, for all people to feel that their voice matters and that they are represented within the cities and the communities that they live. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is when we call for diversity, it does not mean putting the same, just say if you're going to be the resident black person on every board and you represent the whole community. That is not diversity. You need to have different types of, of people, different types of African-Americans. Now, you also, when we talk about diversity, have to have diversity of ideas, genders, religions, like diversity just goes, it's not just one thing. And I think that we also have to do a better job of that when we hear the word diversity. We just think of, oh, I put one person to represent one group, so I'm diverse. Absolutely. And I think that that goes back to the education um, aspect with unity and, you know, teaching people that there isn't a hegemony of ideas I mean like you said there are literally so many different categories for diversity however I think that the most common um, category that people focus on is culture and race so we definitely need to have that conversation we definitely need to do a better job even in the education system to you know teach our youth what diversity truly means Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. I was talking with one of my friends um, the other day and 
she's been conflicted because you know she is you know hispanic her children are are, are darker and she feels for the cause of what is going on and she stands for racial um, justice and equality. She stands for all these things. And her children have questions about everything that is going on. And then after days of hearing about George Floyd, we now have something from the superintendent that was, for lack of a better word, mm. was a little superficial. And the parents are call calling for, for change. And they're calling for more education around this for their children. And so what do you think would be helpful for the school system, especially now as we think about, like, this is going to be their time to go back and reform school because they've been out. We're going to have new policies with COVID and all that. What do you think would be helpful in the school system for, for children? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you asked that question, especially because I work in the <laughs> school system. Um, I definitely believe that the culture and the staff need to be diversified. I have worked mm. in a handful of um, elementary schools and uh, one elementary middle, well, two elementary middle schools. And I can say that I did not see a diverse staff, which was very shocking to me. I think that that is the first step, as well as having people who are within the community work at these schools. Um, because what better way to um, be able to relate to the children of the community than people from the, the community. I think that that's the first way that we can definitely make a difference because um, re representation is so important. Also, I think mm. that there needs to be a better um, job at really looking at the curriculum, really utilizing resources that um, represent diversity. So, you know, obviously we have some classics and classics are great. I, I love, I love classics. However, Absolutely. we are in a time where we have a diversified, um, a diversified uh, talent. I mean, there are, you know, mm -hmm. black authors, there are Spanish, Hispanic authors. I think that those are the um, the people who need to be represented in the curriculum. They really need to be revamped to cater to the population because children are not able to really witness what people from their culture can do because they are only being given one aspect of, you know, the culture. So I think that that's the first thing that they can do. Absolutely. And I, I like how you said catering to the population, because I think, you know, there was, you know, legislation that was passed about having African-American and Latino studies. And I think that that needs to be a little different for each town and each population to fit the needs, because kids learn best by what is mm -hmm. relevant to them. And I think by bringing in, you know, like if you're going to talk about math, talk about some mathematicians mm -hmm. that were African-American, Latino. We also have an Italian population, Italian. Mm -hmm. Bring that in so that it is relevant. You're still talking about the same curriculum, the same things, but you're just making it relevant um, to the population. And I, I think there's a missed opportunity when you don't embrace the diversity within your community. I, and, I completely and agree. And I think that that is necessary. Um, moving forward. I mean, it just, it's just vital. I've had, as, when I worked as a paraprofessional, I've had so many young 
children that used to break my heart. They asked me if I was a teacher and, you know, it just broke my heart because, you know, when I left the school system, I made a lot of um, connections with these children and it brought me joy to, you know, Mm -hmm. be a person of color and to interact with other children Mm -hmm. of color. You know, they didn't really see a lot of Mm. people of color in the school system that was educated and, you know, that spoke articulately. And I'm not saying that that was something that I didn't see, but, you know, it was very far in between. And I think that that was so important. And for me, just to see that on this small level, I can only imagine the effect it would make on a grander scale. And I think that's important. Again, going back to... This is a larger issue than George George Floyd. Like there needs to just be an overhaul because when you do not have diversity and when you don't have everyone at the table, there's just a lack of of growth across the board. When white children cannot see black people in leadership, they have a loss of what it takes to have that lived experience. When black children don't see other black people, it it has a loss of what you're able to be. We all, it goes back to what you're saying, unity. We all need each other. We all need to see different types of people, people with disabilities in places of leadership. We need to see different genders you you we need each other it all boils down to we need each other and we're not going to make it without each other so we need to figure out how do we live and interact with each other that's uplifting and that's rooted in love and hope um and i hope that moving forward that people actually you know listen and they really start to implement these things because that is truly the only way that we are going to really see effective change i mean history is being rewritten as we Mm -hmm. speak i don't think that we've ever had Mm -hmm. a movement that was united for all 50 states so i definitely believe that we're headed in the right direction and i just hope that you know those ideas are transpired in the education system. I mean, in all the systems, actually, but especially the education system, because the children are the future. I would hate for uh, years down the line for us to be having the same conversation when we're older and these kids grow up and they're still having to protest for the same issue. I think that would be unfortunate. So like, I completely agree starting in the education system or definitely having something in the education system so that history does not repeat itself. It needs to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, And as Uh, clinicians moving forward in the mental health profession, I think that it's very important to, um, you know, to talk about it. I I do. I do. Because I think it gives space for people to say, it's okay. It's just like mental health. When you talk about it, it says it's okay to to say that you don't understand. It's okay to say that you're confused. It's okay to say that you're angry. And we're going to figure it out and we're going to figure out a way to get through this. But if we don't talk about it, change can't happen. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's so powerful because like we talked about, touched on before, you know, it's really sad that our leaders do not see this perspective, mm. do not realize that, you know, if you do not talk about it, we cannot move forward. It's mm. okay to acknowledge that, you know, it's okay to acknowledge all of your emotions. I mean, we can validate everything because everybody has had different experiences, but not Mm -hmm. acknowledging it is very problematic. 
And, you know, I think that's why, like we talked about earlier, the people who are not saying anything hurts the most. I can understand people that says, wow, I didn't understand it was it was like that to be African-American. I can understand the the confusion with how do you respect officers but also fear them. I can understand all those, but the, the silence is what is... It's almost like, are you agreeing that it's okay? It's like, what are you you saying? Are you empty? It's like, I need to know something. Yes, because like this is not just a race issue. It's a humanity issue. And, you know, people have comments about natural disasters and, you know, everything else that is affected um, by us in this world. This is something that people should have an opinion about. Whether mm. indifferent or whatever, I think that people need to say something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for all the allies that are, are listening, I would encourage you, like, if you have questions, if you're, you're just wondering, like, wow, what was that like for you? Ask. But silence is not okay. I think people are in a place where they're welcoming questions because it shows that you have a willingness to change and not have, and you understand your privilege. But silence, I like you said, is no longer okay. Absolutely. I mean, and it just makes me think back to the first days when this situation happened, and I've had so many um, allies, you know, say, you know, wow, I didn't understand or I didn't realize, you know, or I've changed my perspective or you know, I'm sorry that you've had, you know, you're experiencing this where, you know, and I appreciate that so much because, Mm -hmm. you know, although it does not take away the, the pain that we have endured, it definitely makes it a little bit easier to know that you have people on your side that are standing with you and not against you. Because at this point, I mean, it's very hard and it's very confusing. Um, who is an ally and an enemy? Mm. That's powerful. <laughs> who is an ally and who is an enemy? And I, I think that is so critical. And I think when you think about trauma and everything that's going on, and we've talked about and we've seen kind of undercover racism and people who look at people who are different and they treat them different on the, the sly and now it's being caught by camera and I think that's why it's important to really stand up and, and say that you are unified and that you know you are standing for um, equality so very powerful thank you so much Raven for joining me I really needed this conversation um, I was like empty and frustrated and had so many up and down emotions as I'm sure many of you listening have had. So thank you so much for helping me process my pain. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This was really therapeutic just to talk about it with, you know, another intellectual person who's in the same field. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. Always, always. And again, for those listening, you know, talking about it is okay. That's how you heal. That's how you grow. So if you're out there, talk, join a group, something, but you need to talk about it. That's the only way you're going to heal and get past the anger, the emptiness, the sadness, the confusion. So I encourage you to get out there and to talk. Um, and before we move on to our last segment, um, I want to welcome Canada and Italy. This week I have 
welcome Canada and Italy to the Coffee and Convo Nation. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so thank you guys. Continue to share and post. I appreciate it. Baby, anything else you'd like to add before I go into my last segment? Um, The only other thing I want to say is that, you know, in order to make change, I also think it's important to choose political leaders who are like-minded in mm-hmm. nature. And so I think that if you have not, I know that, um, I, unfortunately, I'm still not um, up to date with what's going on in Connecticut politically. Have I, my head is still in Maryland. So I know that Maryland just had their um, elections for the city officials. But, you know, when the time is near, make sure that you have your voice heard and, you know, make sure that you research candidates who are like-minded. I think that that will be extremely important, especially in these times. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. It is important to vote, not only to vote, but get out there and get involved in political office. Here in Waterbury, we have the Republican, the Democrat, and the Independent Party. They all welcome people that are are trying to be active in the community. Um, It's easy enough to find them on social media. If you reach out to Coffee and Combos, I'll even try and connect you. But get involved because it's going to take everyone to have change. For sure. For sure. And now for this last segment, our what's in your cup segment. And so in this segment, I'm going to ask you, what are three things you're going to put in your cup today to get you through? So like for me today, I'm going to put in my cup, hope, love, and power. Mm. I need hope to believe that things are going to get better and that people still have humanity and can do the right thing. I need love because I need my cup to feel full. So I need positive vibes and I need power so that I can make change and to be strong enough to be a voice in the community. Mm. So that's what I need in my cup to get me through today. What about you, Raven? So I guess I will say strength, Mm. perseverance, and endurance. Mm. I mean, all of those words are almost anonymous. However, you know, with everything going on, I think that I need the strength to continue to be able to um, move forward because these, this has not been difficult. I mean, this has not been easy. Um, Perseverance, you know, continuously pressing forward despite things that I've seen or heard and to continue to keep my own, um, my own mottos and my own um, morals intact to spread them to other people and endurance to go the long haul. I mean, this is only the beginning. Um, We shouldn't stop here. And I know that I need to continue with this movement and to make sure that not only my generation, but future generations are going to be in the the mindset and headspace for change. 100%. 100%. I, I think that is just absolutely beautiful and there's nothing else that needs to be added. Raven, thank you so much. This has been so uplifting. I know everyone listening feels a little bit more encouraged and I encourage everyone, think about what is it that you need in your cup to get you through today, to get you through this season, to get you through this moment and add that to your cup, add that to your day. And you know what? We're all going to get through this because we're in this together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. No problem. Take care. You too.